Welcome to the Conscious Consulting Podcast, bringing together wisdom, leadership, and consulting. My name is Julia Cullen, co-founder of Conscious Consulting Group, and I will be your host for this episode on the art of deepening awareness through movement. Our guest today is Karin Nowotamski, brand consultant and Feldenkrais professional. Together we dive deep into the questions how to make our body and life a welcoming and powerful place to be, and what we can learn from Feldenkrais about leadership, organization development and consulting. Thank you for joining us for these next 45 minutes. Welcome Karin Nowotamski to our Conscious Consulting Podcast. I'm, I'm really super happy to have you here back again. We already did a session one and a half years ago. And we've known each other for quite a long time. What I'm really impressed about uh, you, Karin, is that you are a beautiful example of integration of different disciplines. And that's what I think makes it so interesting. So you, at one side, you are a brand consultant, you are a strategy consultant, and uh, you've been working in, in this business for about, I think, 20 years, maybe. <laughs> Almost a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> more. 27. <laughs> very, very experienced brand consultant. Let's take it like yeah. this. And, and, yeah. and you're also starting a new project right now, a new company um, called It's a Passion Thing. So you're all, always uh, doing new things with a partner. It sounds really interesting. And um, at the other side, I mean, there are so many more sides, but at the other side, a big topic in your life is... I would say physical practice is a movement. You did also competitive sports when you were younger and eventually you discovered Feldenkrais that we will talk about right now. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all, and Happy New Year. All of what you said is, is, describes me, I think, in, in a very beautiful way. Thank you for, for bringing it together. I'm starting a new thing, just one day of using. We have a magazine, which is called It's a Passion Thing. And our brand consultancy is called A Passion Thing, APT, which is also a beautiful word in English. But for us, the main driver is about, it's, it's about passion. It's about people who have a kind of motivation which comes from the inside and which is this intrinsic motivation, which keeps a fire burning for mostly for longer as if you have external motivations which can change and which can be taken away if they are not in the inside of yourself. Yeah, and the Feldenkrais method, as you said, I, I have this background in sports and I'm from, like my nature, I'm, I'm quite fast and I'm at home in big movements and the Feldenkrais method really forced me <laughs> to calm down and to take time and to find out what, what amazing quality there is if you work slow, if you give things time. As you said before, you need to do things in your own pace. Yeah, the Feldenkrais method is, it's a learning method, working with movement. Because Moshe Feldenkrais and he, And this is, I think, helpful to understand the method better. He was an engineer, so he was a very, he has a very structured thinking, I assume. And he was also one of the first black belts in judo in Europe. So he helped to make judo big in France. 
And in martial arts, it's also, it's very, it's about the skeleton and how does it work and how, how are the angles of the bones and how are the joints and that's it. It's, it's not a, a like, okay, we're going to move from the force of our thoughts. <laughs> that, that's really not it. It's really, okay, how can you move your body best to conquer or to defend yourself? And he developed this method and he, he found out that in everything we do, four things are involved. It's thinking, it's feeling, it's sensing, and it's moving or acting or doing. So thinking, and if, if you want to, this is how our system works. Like in everything we do, these four components are involved. So now it's, for most of people, it's super hard to, to, to find the difference between sensing and feeling. The sensing is really, I sense that you touch me and it can give me a good feeling or not a very good feeling. So feelings and sensing, it's really about the sensations and the feelings are the emotions that are provoked. And then uh, if you want to change something, entering the system by your feelings or emotions, it's, it's, it's too, or sensations, it's too tricky. If you want to enter or change something by the thinking, there are therapies, psych psychoanalytics and, and all like language-based and wh where you sit and talk, but it really needs a long time until you realize what, what it's really about and then how to change it and how to integrate these new patterns. You have to learn new patterns. And the fastest way to enter and to change is movement. Of course, in our movement, in our nervous system, the whole evolution is more or less, you know, it's knowledge is within us and the body has a huge knowledge and the body also has the knowledge of how you used to move before someone told you how to, you should move unconsciously. So to come back, it's this, it's this uh, learning method really with movement. Why learning? It's about being a learner and if you're a learner you can't fail so there is no right and wrong there is no failure there is nothing you can do wrong if you're a learner because you need to fail in order to learn we need the mistakes so i'm always super happy if i make a mistake or if someone tells me you know that was not the right way to do it or you could do better this way because then i can learn and unfortunately, this, this is not the system we grow up in. Of course, in school, it's always about knowing, about having the answers. It's not about learning. It's not about having the right questions. It's always about having the right answers. And, and if we say there is no right and wrong, it takes a lot of pressure away. And this is the space we, not, we need to create in order to make people feel safe and in order to to learn so if i feel safe if i feel safe that i can make a mistake without being charged without being you know charged then then i will be okay then i can learn and also if there are people on my side who will guide me who will tell me okay look at this look at that try it this way try it that way and um and we work in feldenkrais 
there are like two different ways of how we teach it. The one is a group session. It's called ATM, Awareness Through Movement Lessons. And mostly it's like that people are lying on the floor in the beginning. We take them out of gravity, meaning you don't need all the muscle effort to hold your body upright. If you lie on the floor, you could let go of all the muscle effort, which nobody does. Of course, we have so much tension in our body that sometimes you feel that in your face still muscles are working and then you release them and you're like, wow, there was so much tension. And uh, so it's people are lying on the floor and sometimes they sit up. It's very small movements and very slow. And I guide them verbally. So it's, I don't show them what they have to do. I guide them verbally, which is also sometimes already so much so different for a lot of people because they want to do it right but there, there is no doing right do it your way so find out how you do it and then do it in another way and do it in the third and the fourth and the fifth way and see how it feels and probably there's a new way which feels better um, so these are the group lessons and then there's uh, functional integration this is the one-on-one -on -one which is then non-verbally, but I guide, I guide the movements with my hands. So I touch people that are fully dressed and I, I guide and I invite parts of the body who forgot to move. Of course, they were left out. Sometimes there are parts in our, in our spine that don't move. So other parts have to move more. And this is where really then pain comes in. awareness through movement it says that it's actually not about movement it's about awareness and this is takes some time to understand and I, I want to ask you two per perspectives first to explore a little bit more the perspective of the of the learner of the one laying on the floor how it feels like being there and what's your personal experience especially in the beginning mm -hmm. and the second question is the perspective of the teacher? Beautiful questions. First, like the learner being on the floor and, and having this voice giving you instruction for very small movements and then, you make, and then you think you make the movement small and they tell you, make it 50%. Make 50% of the range. Don't go as far as you can go. Go only to the point where the quality of the movement is not changing. So, and then you find out, wow, there are so many things I can observe. There is a quality of movement. There is, okay, when, when do I feel that, it, that there are little bumps in the movement and don't go there. And, and when, especially coming from competitive sports, you know, you always go as far as you can, as fast as you can. And that was so hard for me small movements and slow you go slow it's like so slow that sometimes you think you're not moving and I got so upset and I got so annoyed and I was like asking myself also in the fun crest training because it's a four-year education what am I doing here most of the people there were a little bit older and some of them really had 
severe problems with movements or pain or and I could do all the movements I always knew where like the exercises would lead to because I had had so much education in movement and then I thought what am I doing here and then I was like yeah damn it it's it's the small movements <laughs> and it's it's this silent work and this observing and really finding these these small differences and and learning to observe and learning and allowing myself to work slow and to work in small movements and not in this huge showing off <laughs> movements you know um that brought such a new quality in my life after I got, but I had to, you know, it was a journey. I really had to get over this being really, oh, I want to move. I, I was like, ah, that's so, I, these small things, what, what is it? And then when I got over this, I completely fell into it. I, I also, in the training, I was sleeping a lot because I think after, Back then, 12 years in advertising, I was kind of exhausted. <laughs> so because it gave me the allowance, also the allowance just to fall asleep. And there are people who go to Feldenkrais lessons who have sleeping problems and who sleep there because it's such a beautiful feeling. You're in a room and around you, there, there are other people and there's this voice who is carrying you and you feel so protected and so safe. Because it's really about build, having this safe space. So this is, I think, from the learner, from, from a teacher perspective, it was how can I establish this safety? It has a lot to do with the voice of how, how fast or slow I speak, how much confidence I have in what I do. And trying not to judge, which, you know, it's not in our nature. We need to judge because we need to know, okay, does the tiger want to play or does it want to eat us? So we need this judgment. But So it's hard to get out of this judgmental role. And also finding out if you have different people in the room, how and everyone is on a different level and stage, which, which is perfectly fine, you give them space. And this is what I learned as a leader. Really, everyone can go his way. And because everyone is in his learning journey and every learning journey, every process is different. And everyone will have a different outtake because sometimes you have an epiphany lying there on the floor about how you do things in life. So it can be on a different level than just movement. And others can be, Oh wow, I'm if I lie on my back, I always put the inside of my hands to the ceiling, which is not the natural way to do it. It's the yoga way. This is how you detect the yoga people in the room. <laughs> because the natural way would always be like either downwards or or the hand on the side. And it really it's it's about the structure. It's not and or you you find out that you're holding your breath. It's a very natural thing when you come to a point where it's getting difficult that you hold your breath, which is not helpful at all. So you are, ah, okay, 
I need to continue my breathing calmly and then I will get through this, this difficult area much easier. And I think being there as a teacher, it's really your facilitator. You facilitate for the others. So it's more, I don't even feel like, like a teacher. I feel more like someone who, who takes care of, of the people and of the learning process and making sure they have a good learning process. Sometimes people don't get there because they're, they're confused, they're annoyed. They don't understand what to do. They don't understand that there is no one who is showing them how it is done the right way. So who are so like in, in, in the system, and I completely understand that they grow up, that they are in the beginning completely, completely confused. And, and this is also fine. We need to be confused in order to come to the next stage. Sometimes we need pain in order to learn that that was too much. So I think that uh, it's, and don't, don't be afraid of the confusion. Don't be afraid of like the areas that you don't understand. Don't be afraid of the things that you don't know. They're there always. And, and also like the, the not knowing, as you say, which is a beautiful way to put it. And just, and also the main thing is to understand it's about the process. It's really about the process. And as a leader, I think really the facilitating and giving very, very clear guidance. That's super, especially when people have their eyes closed and mostly they're closed and they're on the floor. You have to be super clear because I'm guiding with, with my voice the movements. So it's very clear instructions how to move your right arm. And then I also guide your awareness where you should put your attention to. Put your attention into your elbow, put your attention into your small finger, put your attention into the shoulder blade. How does it lift from the floor? You know, so it's two things that I'm guiding. And there you have to be very clear with the attention, very inviting, with the movement super clear. And I think clarity is one of the most important things in leadership. And still you said in, in another conversation that 10 people in the room doing 10 different things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you don't call them out and say, hey, uh, Veronica mm -hmm. or Peter, you, you, you just uh, let them. Yeah, everyone in the room is doing something <laughs> different. That's, that's, it, it, that's, that's really also, real life. <laughs> it's also like the importance of going slow and the importance of, of silence and of, of rest. I, I never really understood why this never arrived in, in business. I mean, in, in sports, everyone knows that you need to recover. You have like a whole team who is taking care of your recovery. You have a routine of your diet. You have a sleeping routine, which is super important. 
and like top athletes sleep 10 hours a night and they nap during the day because the system you can't always like if you have all the stimuli coming in all the time of course the system is breaking at a certain point and of course you're going to have a burnout or depression or however you call it i think it's a very natural and we don't learn to rest there is no like the the rest the team the team resting needs really better lobbying i think there is no good campaigning for for resting it's like still you have to be powerful you have to do you have to yeah but in order to be able to do things i need to be rested i will make better decisions that's a matter of fact i will function much better and still small things and the small movements and this resting and we even though like and you will remember that you do like three movements and then you rest and you in the beginning you think why should i rest i just did like three super small ridiculous <laughs> movements why do i need to rest and it's always like do it and always look at the quality of the movement and make sure the quality is right and then rest and then it's a rest of a minute which is very long and then do it again and do it in a different way because you need the nervous system needs this downtime in order to digest and you need a lot of it needs really a lot of time to digest and to integrate we can't learn i just read a beautiful book and there was this The book is called How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy from Jenny O'Dell. And, and she said, back then, people had three books at home. It was the Bible, mostly, like depending on the culture, but let's say here. And then probably one or two other books. And they studied the books. And if you have a book like the Bible or the Quran or something similar, You can always go back to these books because you will always have a different outtake. And you sat with other people and you discussed. And, and nowadays you're reading one book after the other and I'm doing it myself. And how many ideas can I really integrate into my life? Not that many, to be honest. Why is that? What's your observation? Why people are not able to appreciate taking breaks, being slower in business? As you said, it didn't arrive there. I, I think most, most of the people think they have to do a lot and be always busy. And we, we know that from people who are always busy and always like, yeah, I have so much to do. And, and they, they even talk about it. And very rarely in our culture, we meet people who, who are very zen and very centered and, you know, take their time. I'm always fascinated by people who have this, you know, this calm and who stay calm even. And this is also the kind of leader I wish for. Someone who stays calm and who will even if everything is falling apart, consider what has to be done and not just shoot. Moshe Feldenkrais also said, if you know what you do, you can do what you want. And 
also in order to change things, you need to know first how you do things and what you do. I don't, I don't meet that many people who, who I, I would say, okay, they, they are absolutely aware of how they function, where they're good at, what they're not good at. And I think if you, if you know when to go slow and when to go fast, and if you have the option, and it's always about having a choice, it's also about having the choice of doing a movement in different ways. If you only have one way of how you sit down and you wake up in the morning and have a pain and can't sit down like this, you can't sit down anymore. So it's Feldenkrais is about creating choices because having choices means freedom, real freedom. And choices can be in your head. Okay, I can do this, I can do that. If you think, no, I can only do that and then you can't do that, then you're going to be very disappointed. And it's, it's also a source of frustration. So having this agility in your head and also in your body, and it's about being, it's not about being athletic. It's about being moving easily, like very efficient with the, the most efficient way with the least effort. Don't, use muscles that you don't use that you don't need for this certain movement but we always have muscles involved that we don't need because we are holding our breath or we are holding we are clenching our teeth or we you know there are so many a lot of things that we, i see nowadays is with young people also with older people is that their their legs are constantly moving mm -hmm. like bouncing yeah i see that and there is a syndrome, like when it becomes a syndrome, it's called restless leg syndrome. But the stage before is what I see everywhere. And this, this is a way the body tries to release tension. Okay. This is why it's moving that fast. It's mm -hmm. also, you see when, when, um, when an animal was haunted by another animal and it gets away, to get the stress out of the body, it's shaking itself and then it keeps on going. This is a shaking, also in martial arts, is a way of releasing stress. You stand and you shake your body. And that's and it's, the in, it's also an interesting aspect that this is a mental stress. It's, it's not a physical stress that we have mm -hmm. nowadays. It's a mental stress that translates into physical stress. So the, the body tries to compensate our mental emotional stress and and this is what i find so fascinating about working with the body that you have a direct access to your mind and and to your emotional body to your um yeah to your thought patterns basically they translate into how you move so as you said in the beginning you can um, access transformation cha change via understanding and via your cognition or via your physical body, because it's actually the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, there, there, is, there is no such a thing as the body and the mind. It's not two separate things. They function together. It's, it's a unity. And there is something called like um, body-mind loop. And great examples for the body-mind loop to, to understand what it is is how you access your mind 
through the body and the other way around. For example, you have a bad day, you get up, you're grumpy, whatever, you're not in a good mood. Stand in front of the mirror and smile. And then you trick your brain because your brain, which in this certain moment we could say is stupid, just gets the information, ah, the muscles of smiling are working, so I, I release the hormones. And then you feel better. And also, you know, if, you, if you're having stress all the time, it means that you have stress in, in your muscles. You have tension in your muscles and it costs so much energy. And imagine if you could use all the energy for, for good, for really making clear decisions, for working slowly, putting one foot after the other. Um, it's such a different quality of life. And that's really, I see so many people who are so exhausted and they don't know why. And I think, yeah, of course you're exhausted. You're super tense. You, you are making 3,000 things at the same time, which is not possible. So, of course, of course you're stressed. And nowadays it's really more about resisting things. And there are so many influences coming into our life that you really have to say no i don't want this i don't want a television i don't want stuff in my post box i don't want i don't want to see all that stuff it's in cities it's sometimes hard to find places without music without influence you know like the way you have it in the woods when you walk in the woods Okay, there are the birds, but they don't want to sell you anything. So consuming free zones, it's really something, um, it's always a pressure of, yeah, you should have this, you should buy this, you should do this, you should become better. And even going on vacation, it's always about self-optimization. Yeah, I did this yoga retreat, I did this, and always becoming better. And why don't you just go for a walk? And look at things and write down what you saw. You're going to be amazed. So I think it's really in the simple things and the small things where the beauty lies and where we have so much to discover. We are not aware what this does to other people, how we look like, if we smile or not. And, and I see that a lot that people are really not aware of, of what, what they communicate with their bodies. And I always say, be careful what kind of energy you bring into a room or into a group of people. Be careful. You have a responsibility of what kind of energy you bring into a room. The meeting is going to be much better. The whole outcome is going to be much better. Make it, make it light, make it easy, make it fun. Be precise, be very clear, be prepared, you know, be respectful. But then, hey, take it easy. A teacher of mine, he said, the, the sound of focused work is silence. Um, but, but what shifted in your life and, and how do you see the impact now changing and shifting with this 
deeper or higher or different level of awareness you bring to the space and to your own life? One day I asked myself, how do I want to live? And not how do I want to work? Because work is a part of my life. So I also don't think that you can differentiate these things. So, and I was defining qualities. If you have this quality approach, it's really about how you want to work with people, what kind of people, and what qualities there should be, which is like respect and uh, mutual understanding and uh, same perspectives, like where it should lead to. And also this set of values. If there is someone who has like complete different values, it can be really hard. And of course, like from, from the skill set and the tools that I have, I, I can do it, but it will cost me a lot of energy. And also, if we see that the outcome will not be as great as we think it could be because the client is not there and doesn't understand or sees it in a different way, so I try not to judge that, um, then we, we allow ourselves just to say no. And it's allowing myself to say no, allowing myself to put myself first because it's my life and I have to be comfortable in my life. I have to stay healthy. I have to take care of myself because nobody else will do. So I really started to take care of myself. I make sure that I'm in nature a lot. I make sure that I have downtimes. I make sure I sleep enough. I make sure that I move enough. Everything that I know that, that helps my body to, to work on the level I work. And I love my work. I still, after all these years, really love what I do. I love every time when there's a new client. It's, it's always amazing and great energy. But you have to understand, okay, in, in order to be able to do this without ending in a burnout or in a stress disease, you, you have to take care. And I just took this allowance from Feldenkrais to really take care of myself. Yeah, I'm responsible for everything I do, for every word I say, even my thoughts. So I'm, I'm also very careful with what I think because there is an energy in every thought. And also for myself, because most of the time I'm with myself in my head. And, and my partner said it beautiful. She said, you know, in the evening, when you're in bed, you're alone in your head. <laughs> so you have to make sure. <laughs> She's so right. And I love it. And um, <laughs> even if there's someone next to you, you know, at the end, I think some problems I only have when I'm in a, when I'm laying down <laughs> the vertical position, you have sometimes the problems dissolve. <laughs> True. But it's, um, so also make sure that in your head, it's good. It's a loving area that your thoughts are loving, are respectful towards others and towards yourself. And in order to make it respectful towards others, it has to be respectful towards yourself first. 
And it's not about ego. It's not about me, me, me. It's also about being a functional part of society. I'm responsible for my life. I can't blame my parents. I can't blame my teachers. I can't blame any experiences that I had. I can work on it. Yes, I can. If I had really, and there are horrible experiences that people had, and I absolutely understand. Still, you, you can own it. And once you said, you also said, I remember that you want to make your body and your mind a good place to be with and to, to live yes. in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's like you enhance that's your the, body. And that's then, the vessel uh, that we have, you yeah. know. <laughs> right. You yeah. have to function. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to support others, be there for others, be strong for others. Somebody else will have to take care of you. Mm -hmm. um, because it's not so easy to understand what it means to take care of myself. It's, it's not really going to the wellness on the weekend. It's not something you can buy or have or get. Um, it, it's, and, and what you need, that, that's a real journey to find out what's good for me. People sometimes yeah. do things that they think is good for them, but it's actually not. Absolutely. This is what needs a deep exploration and, and a deep understanding of who you really are to understand what it means to take care of myself you really have to know yourself and it needs silence and it needs the guts to face yourself and to deal with your own patterns and I also think the world would be a better place if we would make our own body a better place for our soul to live in or whatever concept you have If you have a better quality of your movements, you will have a better quality of life. It's Of course, if you wake up in the morning and it's painful to get out of bed, what quality is that? Or if it's yeah. painful to walk or to make simple movements. And it's in Feldenkrais, we work with top athletes, but we work with super normal people or with people who need their body to express The arts that they're doing let it be music or or dance and it's it's about being more efficient also having different ways of doing movements but really being very efficient and this is why the patterns you need to go super slow and super small in order to learn new patterns the speed you can add up later this is also when you when you learn a new movement in ice skating or something in the beginning you go very very slow and then when you feel safe you can go fast yeah there's the one one quote also from Feldenkrais he said we we make the impossible possible the possible easy and the easy elegant and these are really the stages of of learning and also with organizations I also see that with clients sometimes you come in and then they say yeah but how long will it take we we don't have time I think if you don't have time, we shouldn't even start because it will take time and it will need attention. And it will, you know, it's not one thing that you do and then it's done. I don't believe as, as we do um, brand development and brand positioning and branding and then, of course, communication and design. It's not about doing a logo or 
or making a website. You know, this, these are just channels. It's just one touch point, but it's also about the behavior of the people in the company. This is something you work, work more on, but it's always, you know, it's, it's always everything. So I, I have to look at things holistically. I can't just take one thing out. I can start somewhere, but then I have to check, okay, does, does it really fit? Does it really work with all the other touch points? And does it really serve the system? And does it serve the purpose? So it, yeah, it's all. And the Feldenkrais method is a systemic approach. So if I work with the feet, I can work with the vertebrae in your neck. It's all connected. Mm. If you have pain here, I don't have to touch it. I can work with your feet and I can still approach the neck. So, and that's also, if, if you understand the systemic uh, structures, like in a company, you can start somewhere, you know, it will always yeah. have an influence on the whole, but I, you always have to have a picture of the whole to understand what you do. Yeah. And And also in Feldenkrais, I learned that, that my teacher, she was always looking at uh, who was working with me, physical, uh, on me, how if she touches one part of the body, if, 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 if the movement translates and is connected to the rest mm -hmm. of, of, of the body or is it, if it stops somewhere. Yes. So the idea is to create a form of, of strong interconnection, communication between the parts of the body and this is the same thing that happens in organizations if there's silos if there is no direct communication if there's no transmission between the parts it doesn't it's not working it, it produces the same thing it gets dysfunctional it gets worn out there's pain coming on it's not functional anymore to use like the own body as an analogy for systems that you work with in looking what what is the teacher doing um, for me, I would really love uh, to see Feldenkrais being exercised with a group of leaders. They will hate it because it doesn't <laughs> for your ego yes. at all. Yeah. It, it yeah. really destroys your ego in the mm, moment. It does. The ego doesn't mm. get anything out of it, what it wants, yeah. recognition, yeah. winning, Nothing. comparison, everything. So it's a super... <laughs> Uh, antidote to to uh, this ego driven people and it's so healing and so mm. relaxing and it creates a sense of inner peace that feels so much better than a big inflated ego I've, so yeah I think yeah I think it's if you really understand that as a leader you're serving a group of people you're more of a servant than you know, the, the boss who says, okay, this is how I want it. It's not about you as a person. Yeah. It's, it's a job. You know, you take the lead because you can and you facilitate and you serve others. And yeah, and if it's, and then I think the output will be so amazing and so much better and everyone is going to be so differently motivated because you, you understand if someone says, no, we do it this way because and gives you a reason 
And the reason is not because I said so, but it, you know, it's either based in the strategy of the company or in the purpose or, you know, somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, thank you. I understand that. I can take that. Egos then always attract other egos. And then you have a lot of, mm. you know, yeah. Resistance. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if people now say, wow, that's really interesting. I hope so that we inspired some interest in, in people in, with this conversation. I, in special cases, I'm, I'm still teaching, but only if, yeah, if there would be a company, for example, and say, okay, we, we want to work with that. And either I would do it or I would recommend someone because there are amazing Feldenkrais teachers uh, that I know. And um, so either, but I'm always, people can always contact me. Also, there are some books of Moshe Feldenkrais or there are also books about the method that are interesting. In Vienna, I can highly recommend the, the Feldenkrais Institute in the Taborstraße. They offer group lessons and you can go there and um, they're really, really very experienced, good people. So I highly recommend them. I put it in the notes. Yes. Uh, the links and if you want also your contact also to your company. Yes, and indeed. let's see if we maybe can create something for conscious consulting, an exclusive, you know, I would love that. teaching session and a conversation. Because yeah. one thing is, as we said, is now talk about it. And the other thing is experiencing. Mm. Um, it's so uh, let's see how the resonance is and how the feedback is. And if we're going to do something together, it would be really fun. Yes. Yeah, Karin. So thank you for now. Is, is there anything that I didn't ask you where I said that's really something I, I, I still need to share because we, before we come to an end of this beautiful conversation? No, I think we had the, the silence, we had the pacing, we had the, the potent self. It's uh, the title of one of Feldenkrais books. It's called The Potent Self. So the self-responsibility, I think that's super important. I think we had the energy and the awareness and the attention. So I, I think we I hopefully gave, gave a good idea about the Feldenkrais method. If not, people can really contact me. I'm, I'm super happy to, to give any kind of information that I can give. And um, I, I really recommend it to everyone. It's not sometimes people... It's also interesting. A lot of people think they need a kind of excuse in order to take care of themselves. So they become sick. So they have an excuse to take care of themselves or they become, or they start to cry in order to be hugged. You shouldn't cry. You should just should ask for, can you please hug me? You know, so and that's also a pattern that I see a lot. And that's the, 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 it's not a healthy pattern because then you're going to severely, you get sick, you know, you drive yourself there. And you don't need to be sick in order to make self cries or be in pain or you don't need to think um, you have to fix something. You're perfect as you are. Wonderful. So thank you very much, uh, Karin. And Thanks yeah. for having me. It was 
so interesting again and great. And yes. also your, your voice is amazing. <laughs> it, <laughs> oh, thank you. It's <laughs> very uh, uh, comfortable listening to you. To see you soon and to so too. respect our audience. And thank you so much.